What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Double Down Debates. As always, I'm your host, David Thompson, and wow, it um, really feels great to be back doing this pod. I hope you've maybe missed this podcast. We haven't done it in a very long time. Um, I've been doing a lot of other stuff, a few other podcasts, links in the description. But um, it's really great being back in my roots, kind of my origin of doing podcasts where it first started. I hope maybe you'll notice I'm maybe a little better at it than I once was. And I'm sorry, a few of the last, I think maybe six episodes of uh, Double Down Debates, poof, vanished because some copyright strikes. But hopefully, I don't believe so. I think I've learned a few things since we last did this podcast, but I think everything should be good this time around. And today, I'm bringing on my friend Juan Rodriguez, a regular to the show, and we will be discussing the NBA. Um, but specifically, the NBA, of course, is now coming back to Orlando. The season will be resuming amidst the suspended season that happened due to COVID-19, the outbreak. Me and Juan will be discussing what teams outside of the playoffs right now looking in do we think could make it, and then teams that are now in the playoffs, you know, that are locked in and they're seeding in the playoffs, who, what teams do we think could be the biggest surprises heading into these Orlando games? Who do we think could make it to the finals? All that good stuff. But before I get to Juan, I quickly just wanted to share my thoughts on the recently rejuvenated Black Lives Matters movement in the wake of George Floyd's death. I personally view this as a apolitical conversation. Um, when a community of people is begging for us to open our eyes and see that there are injustices and oppression, we must listen. As a white man, I do not have to clench up and fear for my life if I am pulled over by the police. I am not stereotyped, mistreated, or assaulted because of the color of my skin. It even feels silly for me to be sitting here in the year 2020 saying that. The color of someone's skin is still really such a point of controversy. This is a fight for equality. Real equality. It is not good enough to not be a racist. You should be supporting anti-racism and stand against it whenever you get the opportunity to. Now is the time to listen. Listen to the crying out of the black community who has had enough with the oppression and the mistreatment. I know I've done a lot of listening in the past few weeks, and I wouldn't be saying all this now if I hadn't. I want to save the debating for the next 60 minutes. This should not be up for debate. Black Lives Matter. Double Down Debates begins in 3, 2, 1... All right, what's up, Juan? Thanks for joining me. It's uh, been a while. You know, we're, we're getting the whole band back together, at least me and you. I mean, you were a regular back when Double Down Debates was in its prime, some would say. But I'm trying to get that prime back. I'm really trying to re rehash this whole thing, reboot, and uh, push forward better than ever. So how are you doing today, Juan? Thanks for joining me today. Uh, I'm glad we're back doing this. I'm doing just fine, David. I just had some dinner, had a little coffee for the late night grind. How yeah. about you? I'm doing well. I'm excited that basketball is coming back. Um, I can't believe that it's actually happening. There were some there were some moments where it was very up in the air and uh, it was very uncertain if it was actually going to come back. And even now there's uncertainty with um, there, none of these dates I'm about to run over of the Disney resumption of the NBA are finalized. And there's still a lot they have to figure out. Um, but there's now we get to enjoy these conversations we're going to have today. We can debate on topics because we know games are going to be played. A lot of games are going to be played. There's going to be a lot of teams involved. Only eight teams are not going to Disney World. So I'm excited, you know, like even yes, with everything sir. going on in the world, the NBA is coming back. It's going to be a avalanche <laughs> when it does come back, and I can't wait to talk about it. I'm ready to talk about it. Yeah, so first, let's kind of go over the whole Disney reboot, the restart of this season. I just kind of want to run down for everyone listening. This is kind of the first segment. So I want to run down 
get everyone caught up to see on what's happening. So the NBA has agreed with Disney and their Wide World of Sports locations and their hotels. They're going to build a campus-style bubble kind of system there where they're going to have 22 teams. Um, I'll run down those teams really quick. They're going to have 22 teams join them in Orlando to finish out the rest of the 2019-2020 season, the teams being the Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, Heat, Pacers, 76ers, Nets, Magic, and Wizards for the East. And then for the West, the Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, Thunder, Rockets, Mavericks, Grizzlies, Blazers, Pelicans, Kings, Spurs, Suns. A lot of West teams, as you can tell. Um, yeah. Yeah, so the 22 teams coming back, that was a big debate on if they're going to come back um, with nine, 16 teams just to finish out the playoffs or come back with more to do a bit of a regular season. So they are going to do eight more regular season games and have this bubble um, of teams that aren't necessarily in the – they aren't in the playoffs yet, but they could still have the possibility. So but before we get to that, which is going to be our main topic of today, um, let me just go down the dates, the tentative dates right now of kind of what's going to be happening um, coming up. So June 22nd, pretty soon coming up, the teams are going to go back to their um, kind of base locations. Like if you're like a Laker, but you were in, um, say, New Orleans or something, that's where you live. You have to go back to L.A., go back to the facility and get there by June 22nd. And that's with every other team. Say you're, you're uh, Nikola Jokic and you were out of the you Skinny were out of the Jokic. Country. Skinny Jokic. <laughs> and say you're out of the country just burning fat left and right. And, uh, <laughs> and now you got to get back to Denver. You have to be in Denver by June 22nd. And I think there's a 14 day quarantine by the time you like when you get back and you know, all the um, kind of federal regulations right now when it comes to coronavirus. So June 22nd is when they're going to start having coronavirus tests. Now they're going to, so that's going to be the kind of the preliminary and test every single person on those 22 teams, probably even the staff and faculty and everything and get those tests, those baseline tests out of the way. Then, I assume if somebody has it, they won't be able to play. Right. So what's going to happen um, just overall with coronavirus testing throughout this entire experiment, I would call it an experiment, this Orlando um, kind of deal finishing out the season where they're all in Orlando is, well, not at the beginning, but eventually they will be for play. What, what's going to happen is if you, get, if you contract coronavirus, if you test positive, you then have to take, they have not said yet the amount of time you're going to have to self-quarantine, but it would be either from seven 10 and 14 days have all been thrown out there. Nothing's confirmed yet, at least as of, you know, recording this podcast. So they're going to have to quarantine themselves and then they're going to have to take two tests and test negative on both of them. So if you contract it positively to get back into play, you're going to have to take two coronavirus tests that test negative. So not just one, but two, because especially these like going to be rapid tests um, used here and they're not going to be the nasal ones. They're going to be kind of just like swabbing your throat. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a doctor or anything, but you got to make sure it's right. So I guess taking two tests, if you have tested positive, is kind of helping ensure that you are in fact healthy to return. So that, that's across the board. Even if you're in Disney, if you're um, back at your home base at the beginning, at the end of, uh, at the end of June, at the beginning of um, July, like when you're still in your location, that's going to be the protocol so far that I've heard for if you can track coronavirus. So speaking of which, on June 30th, so about a week after the coronavirus testing starts, training camps will, be being, will begin in their home market. So, you know, if you're the Magic, you're just sitting in Orlando doing your training camp. But if you're the Heat, you're in Miami. If you're Brooklyn. Now, the thing is with the Nets, and it was the Nets and the Raptors, I read, may not actually ever go back to Toronto or to Brooklyn 
Toronto, there's a lot of issues with traveling abroad right now. That's why they don't want to go back there. And Brooklyn has a high, they've had a lot of coronaviruses in like positive coronavirus um, tests or people with coronavirus in Brooklyn. So they may not actually go back to their markets. It's unclear what they will do. But a training camp on June 30th in your home market, so the Lakers, the Clippers, um, you know, the Heat, the 76ers, the Trailblazers, the Suns even, um, they'll all be in their lo- regular locations having a training camp, getting back in shape for Orlando. Then after about a week in, on July 7th, they will every team, it'll, it'll be over a couple of days, like I think it's 7th to the 9th maybe, something like that. They will all travel to Orlando and get into the campus, you know, bubble situation where they are they are staying in the hotels at Disney World. They are now going to be playing in the wide world of sports, practicing there. And there's even talk of maybe having some preliminary games, um, not just to get thrown into the pre or regular season, but maybe some like exhibition games. I hope they're televised. They probably won't be though. But like just kind of like maybe um, a joint practices and stuff like that. And the get thing is. Yeah. So the thing is with um, you asked about coronavirus testing is that every single day they're going to get tested for coronavirus every single day. Um, I read it's going to take probably 15,000 coronavirus tests, um, you know, COVID-19 tests to get this whole season done with. Um, you know, it's going to be an unbelievable thing. And they're seeming it's a pretty creative idea. Um, I think the Orlando location, the Disney Wild World Sports location, along with the hotels around it, was the perfect choice. It's easy to block off. There's a lot of, you know, hotel rooms. Um, and another point is that I'm going to, I haven't really gotten to yet, but families will be able to join. Um, the, the families will be able to join after the first round. So if your team makes it to the second round of the playoffs, then families can join them in Orlando. Cause I think that they're, they're thinking on that is that a lot of teams at that point will have left. Cause what, by the second round, how many teams will be remaining eight total? Yeah. Um, yeah. So th- that's a lot of from 20, that's 14 teams left and all those um, people, you know, all the players and staff and, and, you know, like trainers, all of those people from the teams that have been eliminated will have left. So there'll be, you know, they'll, they'll let the families come in then because then they're kind of, kind of keep the like population of people in their little like bubble um, in Orlando down to a minimum. So that's kind of the thought behind that. Anyway, so back to where I was. Then after from so from July seventh to July thirtieth now that's kind of the new report. This is all tentative, by the way. It's nothing's been absolutely confirmed by the NBA. It's all very fluid right now. They're still in these discussions as we speak. Um, but on July thirtieth is reportedly Woj, um, ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski just kind of reported recently that the thirtieth now of July is going to be possibly the NBA's resumption. The first, you know, the first batch of um, regular season games that'll start. And what's amazing, and now we can lead, lead into what we're going to be talking about today, Juan, is um, like August is going to be, uh, I mean, it could be um, incredible. It could be a renaissance of watching basketball because uh, reportedly there could be games starting from noon to like 1030 every single day because it's an accelerated kind of schedule. There's no travel involved, right? There's a 10 minute bus drive. There's no like travel you have to go through. There's only, I mean, people, I mean, most teams are going to only have like one day in between games typically because they don't have to travel anywhere. Like they, they should be well rested. So it was exciting. But now to our topic today. So kind of getting out of the way, hopefully the listeners kind of followed that and understood what's going on. So once that starts on July 31st, we're gonna have 22 teams with eight regular season games remaining fighting for a playoff spot. If you're not in the playoffs right now, or you're seating, you know, the, the one through eight seating, if you're not, if you're already pretty much secured a playoff spot, I know it's, 
the top six teams in the East and the top six teams in the West have secured their spot, those teams would just be fighting to get a higher seed. Even though now, um, like we kind of were saying before we started recording, is that those, those seedings only really matter for matchups. I mean, unless they do some sort of incentive for having a higher seed, there's no um, home court advantage now, right? Like they're all in Orlando. They're all playing in, in Disney World. So maybe the Magic I have, have an advantage, but not really. There's not going to be any fans there. There's not going to be nothing. Um, That's right. After the second round, there will be maybe it's like some, uh, you know, fi- like their family will be in there. Maybe if your family's louder or something, like maybe the, maybe after the second round, only the, the home teams like fans are allowed in for like however many games or something. I don't know. Like they, they could figure something out, but um, it, it is interesting. Um, this whole Orlando idea is very, very new, very original. Um, I mean, it's, I'm glad they're just doing, putting forth the effort to resume the season and finish it out. Like, there's even now reports that some players may not even show up. Um, there, there's concern that some might not even feel comfortable, especially the ones that are on the bubble we're going to discuss today that, uh, you know, aren't necessarily like th- – they don't think they're going to win the NBA Finals, but they're now getting having to go to Orlando and be in this whole campus situation and be kind of locked up um, for how many days. So we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. But today we wanted to discuss – and the question I'm going to throw to you, Juan. Um, well, first off, let me get your thoughts on just what do you think of this whole – Disney World bubble campus situation of them kind of just staying in hotels, going to the game, going back and forth. And um, what, what do you think of all this? Like, what, do you, what are your thoughts on this kind of the way they're going about resuming the season? Well, first of all, I don't even think that it was going to happen. I thought that when Kevin O'Connor floated this idea out, it was just one of those uh, like media people trying to come up with these outlandish ideas and I didn't think it would actually materialize, but I'm actually right. very surprised that uh, Adam Silver and his crew got down to it and they came up with a pretty good, I mean, it sounds like a good structure to be from what I've heard and what I've read. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, I'm glad too. I'm glad to put forth the effort and, you know, got, got their brains together and thought of a pretty creative way and a good location, I think for resuming it in a, in a safe, in like the safest way possible. Um, the I, only I brought- thing yeah, go oh, on. I'm sorry. The no, only thing on. that the only thing that concerns me is, um, you know, there's a thing about the NBA season that a lot of people like don't really realize, and that's like traveling to other cities and players enjoying time out in other cities, and going to nightclubs, going to casinos, and right. all that. Some players more than others. Um, yeah. That won't really be available uh, in Orlando. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that won't really be available in Orlando. I feel like, especially if they're all like trapped in this uh espn wide world of sports yeah yeah and i don't even i don't even know the hotels they're staying at or whatever that they're getting you know um whatever booked up in but um i know also they did say speaking on like to that point is they are going to have like you know commodities for them they're going to have the golf um the the uh, golf courses open for players so that's like something to do i think they will have like they're going to try to make it like i think like in a way like kind of feel that way where they will have like extracurricular activities to do outside of the court because it will i mean i get season players getting a little stir crazy um especially if you go deep in the playoffs like it'll be a long time i mean it's like three months in orlando if you're a finals team so pretty right. pretty uh unprecedented stuff but so today that so what we were saying earlier was um so there's 22 teams coming into these going into orlando right they decide on 22 that was the number um, I'm sure there was a lot of discussion on whether there's 16 or 20 or 22. They, they ended up going up for 22. And that means there's going to be, what, only two Western Conference teams that don't go. 
So the Grizzlies right now are at the eighth seed. And it's the Blazers, Pelicans, Kings, Spurs, Suns down the line that will be going to Orlando. So what they're also including, not just this new location and this bubble situation and not playing in any fans, and it's going to be a really weird feeling, but I think, well, I think we'll all still enjoy watching on television. What they're also changing, which is a fundamental thing, you know, to basketball and, and the NBA, is that they're adding a little play-in, play-in tournament at the end of the regular season. And the meaning of that is it's not much of a tournament, but if you are an eight seed, or if you are in the ninth seed in either conference, so they're still keeping the conferences, if you were the ninth seed in either conference and you are four games out, like within four games of the eighth seed, you will be able to play for the spot of the eighth seed and a spot in the playoffs. And how it'll work is if, say, you're the ninth seed and you win a game against the eighth seed, you're gonna, you have to win two games. You have to win another game. But if you're the eighth seed and you just win one, you just have to win one game against the ninth seed, you secure your spot at the eighth seed. So it's only, it's only adding um, – a max of three more games to potentially that team's schedule or those teams schedule. But I think it's a fun way to, you know, give these teams, especially in the Western conference that like there's a, there's a laundry list of them that are coming that aren't even in the playoffs right now. It's giving them a reason to really fight and claw in the regular season and give them a shot of making it to, um, you know, the playoffs and going on further. And what we're going to discuss today is just that it's such a weird situation right now. Do we think teams will look different? Like, there's so many factors we don't know. But I, the question I'm going to pose today is, first, there's two questions. The first one is, if there's any surprise team, or what team are you most confident in who's not already in the playoffs right now, who's not an eighth seed, who's lower than an eighth seed, you know, sitting out on the bubble, wanting to get in that play-in tournament, or wanting to make their self, like, get, in the, get into the eighth seed after, you know, the eight games played of the regular season. What team do you think is, has the best odds of doing so. Like, what, do you, what team do you see could be a surprise team that would make it into the playoffs? So who are you confident about? And then after that, we want to discuss any team that's not a favorite, you know, like a team that we think could have, you know, could uh, be affected positively because of this four-month hiatus we've had from the NBA season. What team do you think could make it a late playoff push? It could be the same team. It could be a fringe team. We, I don't know. Um, but just kind of what, like, what Cinderella story, what underdog team do you think could make it down the line? But first, what team do you have or, or what teams do you have that you think could make the playoffs that you're confident in that would kind of – that would be a surprise, that they're not favored to say make the – that are in the playoffs right now? Um, well, first of all, I don't want to rule out the possibility of the Washington Wizards maybe making it to the seventh seed because they still have a chance. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, for the most part, this is all just to make the eight seed and make the playoffs. Right. Um, I want to talk about the West first. Because, yeah, sure. obviously, there's more teams there, more to talk about. Um, when I look at the teams that are outside looking in right now, the Blazers, the Pelicans, the Kings, the Spurs, and the Suns, um, and I think of who has the best chance of making it to the playoffs, um, for, the, for most teams, it's only the eight seed in the West. Uh, I want to, yeah. the first thing I think about is who has more incentive to make it to the playoffs. So, um, for example, I want to start with the Pelicans because I think they have the easiest case. They have a young team. Um, they have a young potential generational talent, Zion yeah. Williamson. They got some good players around them. They got an injury prone Lonzo Ball. They got a skinny Brandon Ingram. I think the Pelicans. <laughs> Uh, and by all means, I, I would be all for uh, a Pelicans versus Lakers first round. 
right. uh, seen some Zion and LeBron games, but I think the Pelicans have the most incentive to not make the playoffs because I think they have to be realistic with themselves. What are they going to do when they make it to the playoffs? They're not going to get past the first round. And, you know, I don't like counting teams out, but they have to be realistic. They're not going to beat the Lakers. Right. Um, and even if they did, they wouldn't get past the second round or the conference championship. They're just not good enough. They don't have enough experience. They don't have enough veterans. Yeah. Um, I think they should. And uh, I look, I know that the bottom eight teams of the lottery are secured, but I think that they should try to improve their lottery chances and at least try and get the ninth or 10th worst record. Yeah. I mean, just getting in the lottery, you never know. You and know. Ju- yeah. And just get another good player. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, for some people might be saying, well, what about the Grizzlies? They're kind of like in the same situation. Well, you see the Grizzlies, they don't own their draft pick in 2020. So mm-hmm. they don't really have a reason to lose games here. Um, the, the Grizzlies actually are, are better than most people would think. You know, John Morant has really burst out onto the scene. But the problem with that is that I think they also have to be realistic with themselves. You know, yeah. I, I, they, they should want to get playoff experience. But at the same time, it concerns me because I think it provides an additional chance for your explosive new point guard, John Morant, to get injured. You know, mm. he, he, he plays, he does play a little reckless. And if you, if you right. watch some of the highlights he has or the, the almost has been highlights that he has, he, he just goes at it, man. And I think it, it opens up an opportunity for him to have a, a risky uh, potential career altering injury. And, right. you know, seeing that the Grizzlies don't really have a chance at beating the Lakers, why should they put their young players in that position? Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's an excellent point. You can keep going on in a second, but I think it's an excellent point just for every team coming back that's not in the playoffs that doesn't think they have a chance, you know? Like, it, it, you had four months off. you you got to come back to this little Orlando bubble thing. You have to play in front of no fans. If you don't think you have a chance, I could see it. I could really see where any team, not just the Pelicans, I mean, there's plenty of teams on here where I could say them, I could see them being like, we don't have a shot. <laughs> like, I, I don't care. I mean, maybe the money is a, is a driving factor. Obviously, the money is for the team, but even the – I could just see the players not being like, oh, come on, man. Like, we're not going to win. Um, I don't care. I'd rather stay home with my family. Um, so, yeah, that, that's a really good point for sure. I can, I can make cases like that for lots of teams. Um, the, the next team I want to talk about is the, the Sacramento Kings. You know, they're, they're also in the same situation as the Pelicans. Like, what are they going to do? Like, that, that, that to me is an easy one. Like, they, they should uh, try to get the best lottery odds that they can. The only problem is that the, the city of Sacramento has been uh, crying and whining and been ready to get a playoff team for years, man. Yeah. And they, they almost got that last year. Now, this year, they're, they're on the bubble. They have a chance. But unfortunately, I don't. I don't think a, for a quick first round exit to the Lakers is a, a good enough reason to try and make the playoffs. Right. So to me, that's an easy one, and uh, like I kind of just rule out three teams that shouldn't make the playoffs, even though I think the Grizzlies um, have a great chance of making it. Yeah, I mean they, rather, they are the eight seed. They're three and a half games up on the Blazers at number nine right now. So I would love to see them in the playoffs, but I think that they shouldn't try to make the playoffs. 
Mm-hmm. But um, okay, so now we're down to to what the Spurs, the Suns, the Blazers, and the Mavericks. Um, yeah. Oh, I mean, the, I, well, yeah, the you can throw in the Mavericks. Yeah. The Mavericks are pretty much in though. Um, yeah, the Mavericks. They have Luka Doncic. They have Kristaps Porzingis, who's gotten even more time to rest his his what was it, ACL or was it his Achilles? Um, Whatever the injury was, he's had more time to rest. He's ACL, yeah, he, but yeah. Luka Doncic has had more time to get skinnier, maybe get a little stronger. <laughs> Um, they're, they're going to make the playoffs. Um, the Phoenix Suns, this is an interesting case. They have been so atrocious over the last couple of years, uh, kind of similar to the Kings that that fan base is just craving a little playoff berth. And they, they, they already have, you know, like I think the Pelicans, they have, um, they need to get one more guy or at least two more guys to really be a team to be feared. Maybe one more guy. We'll see what Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson can do in the future. Yeah. And the Grizzlies, I think they also need one more guy to at least be one of the powerhouses of the conference. But the Suns, they might already have that. They have Devin Booker and they have DeAndre Ayton. And Ayton was out for a good part of the season. Now he's going to be back. He's going to be healthy. Yep. The problem with their team is they just have a bad team. <laughs> yeah, they and have, they're way they, behind they have, too. They're very, they're very top heavy in terms of their skill. Um, you can argue Kelly Oubre is is the third piece they needed, but besides besides Oubre and Booker and Oubre. Aiden, they don't really they don't really have anything. No, yeah, um, they have no depth. They have no they have no rotation. I don't I don't see one anyway. I mean, and they're young too. They they're a young team. I mean, Booker is a good player. I mean, I hate on him because he doesn't win, but like his team also is just kind of atrocious um and but, his management has been terrible too he's had a, an assortment of coaches since yeah. he's joined the league yeah um so yeah. the suns they could definitely i think the suns uh but you like their talent nature yeah by nature they're considering uh trying to get a good lottery spot right. but i think that the suns should try and make a push with eight now mm-hmm. unfortunately there are six games out right now so it's unlikely but i think yeah. that they owe it to the fan base and they have good enough base young talent in Booker and Aiton to push for the for the eight seed. Maybe they get to the tenth or the ninth and maybe they can attract some some veterans in the summer, or I guess it's not the summer anymore, in free agency. Yeah. In the fall. Or attract some some better role players in free agency and now they can be a a six seed in the future and just keep on building from that. I think what they need is to be able to attract free agents. Now I think they got their their two guys and just being a bad team and getting draft picks isn't going to help them anymore. Right. I don't think. Um, so now we're down to the Spurs and the Blazers. Yeah. I think those two teams have the best chance of making it to the eight seed. Outside even with of the, the Aldridge Spurs. injury? The even Aldridge? with the, yes, even with the Aldridge injury. And that's just because Greg Popovich. And I don't think that the Spurs would be able to uh, win enough games to make it to the eight seed but I think they could be able to win enough games to make it to the ninth seed Nine, and, play right. that, and play the play-in tournament. And if yeah. they're playing a young team like the Grizzlies or the Pelicans or the Kings, I, I can almost guarantee you Greg Popovich is going to figure out some way to win that tournament easily. Yeah. And they're going to make it to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I think that the challenge for the Spurs is just making it to the ninth seed, and currently they're half a game behind the ninth seed. So they can right. definitely make it to the ninth seed. Um, the Spurs, look, I know Aldridge is injured. I know, I know they don't have the talent that they used to, but it's still a culture thing. And I think they match up well with the Lakers, at least offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lakers are, are, are very top-heavy. I, they, their role players haven't been 
uh, playing to the level that we all thought they would. I think they're pretty good. Their role players are pretty good. I mean, they are 49 and 14. They have a really they, good record. They do get more slack than they should. For example, Kyle Kuzma, I think, is a very good player, but he does get a lot of flack on social media. I mean, I think just what they've gotten out of JaVale McGee and you know Dwight Howard has been pretty remarkable this season, especially with Dwight Howard has down. been amazing. He's yeah, been amazing. I mean, he's, he's, had, he's rejuvenated his career to a certain degree. But yeah, go on. I think the Spurs have uh, – isn't didn't Popovich say that he's retiring – uh, after 2020, a couple of years ago, I, I don't know. I don't know, I, if think, that, I don't. I don't know if that's going to happen anymore. Yeah, but who knows? I think his years in the league are definitely uh, ending, and they want. He probably wants to make a push for the playoffs. He doesn't have that that type of feeling to me that he wants to get a lottery spot. He's more right. of a of a always try to make the playoffs guy and play for now. Yeah, play for now, and if I see a good young player, I'll see what I can do and trade for that young player after the draft or in the draft and get the rights to that player. So I think that the Spurs – and first of all, I just want to say all these teams that are going to come back in both conferences, I think for the majority, most of them are going to be as competitive as ever because they haven't played basketball in so long, assuming they all have their players playing. They're they're just going to be craving that – that feeling, that that competitiveness that you get yeah. out of playing the game. Yeah. Um, yeah going Pat- on against what you were saying about, like, them not being motivated. Like, I feel like, like, to what you just said, I think all these teams are going to be kind of, like, really fired up to play if they do go. Like I said, they are apparently, reportedly, there are some players that are, you know, having thoughts about, are they, do they even want to go? Will they go? Like, and the NBA, I guess, came out and reportedly is saying that they won't be punished if they do not if they decide not to go they, they'll miss out on some of their contract money for not playing games but they won't be like fined for not showing up so there's a lot still to go go around and, and debate when that comes out or just to see what happens but yeah I mean if if they show up to Orlando if you were a player in Orlando you imagine you want to be there and you want to win right I mean right. You, you would think the um we still haven't received the schedule for the teams yet right we still don't know who's playing who for the next eight games no, no. I, yeah, I, yeah I, I haven't seen one. I think that's also a big factor in determining who has a chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, it, because the, the way it's going to work, I haven't figured it out myself. I'm, I don't even know if the scheduling creators have yet, but how it's going to work, it's going to be your schedule, right? Like the Lakers schedule, say they played like the, the Clippers, the Timberwolves, and like the Pelicans. They, they would then play like the Clippers, skip the Timberwolves, play the Pelicans, and then play whatever that next team would be. So like if, you, if you're playing a team, that is not going to be in Orlando. You just kind of skip that game and play the next up. That's how it's supposed to work. I don't know how it's going to work in practice necessarily, but I'm sure they're figuring it out right now as we speak. But it'll, I mean, these 22 teams will be somewhat competitive all around. So it'll be very exciting to watch because like it's, it's the 22 best teams. You don't have like the eight Schmecks at the bottom of the barrel, like you have to play against that are just going to be easy dubs. Right, I mean, these are technically the teams that are all trying to make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like you know, like the Suns. I feel like if you're like a, a Bucks or a Clippers or a Lakers or something, that that's a pretty easy game compared if you had to play like the Nuggets or something like that or like the Heat or anything. But yeah, go on. Um, so I I left in what in my opinion is the best for last in the West, and that is the Trailblazers. I agree. A lot of people forget that the Trailblazers made it to the conference finals last year, yeah. and that if they were to have played the same Warriors team that played in the NBA Finals, they would have won the conference championship and maybe, I think, most likely would have won the NBA Finals. Yeah, the yeah they really might have. 
you know, and that that's not really dissing the Warriors or the Raptors. That's just a testament to how good I think the Blazers are. I think before they got Kevin, I think before the Warriors got Kevin Durant, the Blazers, and, and I've said it for years, I think the Blazers play the Warriors tough and it's a testament to their culture. We saw it against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Damian Lillard does not shy away from anything. Yeah. And also, Yusuf Nurkic was out for basically the entire year. Correct. They had Correct. a new center, Hassan Whiteside, filling in for Nurkic. Boo. And he, cannot, he, he, <laughs> he definitely cannot spread the floor the way that Nurkic does. I, I, understand, I, I, I know Nurkic isn't a great three-point shooter or anything like that, but he can, he can shoot it a little bit. You know, he can shoot a little bit from mid-range. He can, he can step out a little bit. Stretch, stretch defenses. He's also a better interior presence than Whiteside. Whiteside's more of a, a Clint Capella type of center. You know, he's the dump off, the alley oop guy that gets cleans cleans up the board and gets his points off easy over. I mean, I mean, not to kind of cut you off or kind of spoil what I'm going to say, but I I agree. <laughs> I think the Nurkic coming back. I think Nurkic is great. I think him coming back is going to be amazing. I think the Blazers are set up for success. But it's um, huge. Going. Yeah, it's absolutely huge. Um, so Whiteside is more of that that dump off kind of guy, while Nurkic yeah. actually has like offensive talent. Oh yeah, and he's way better for the NBA system right now. I mean, Hassan, you know, he sets screens, he runs the basket, he stands under there, he he rebounds, he plays he plays great defense. I mean, his defense is still good. If you if you want to play big like that, though, you have to be, he has to be playing against another bigger team, right? Like, and he's he gonna be, be a great backup for that team. Yeah, no, I mean, backup-wise, Hassan Whitehead's a great backup. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree with the Blazers. I don't know if you're done with what you were saying, but um, – not, not yet. I think um, the, 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 the one thing that could hold them back is establishing their rotation when they come back. That's because right. of Nurkic returning, and I think they have some other players that are returning from injury um, that kind of haven't been there so much the whole season. So you've had these other players that would typically be bench players stepping up. That could yeah. be an issue, um, just like I mean, they have issue. Carmelo, especially, yeah. especially, yeah, they have Carmelo, um, especially with Whiteside. I think Whiteside has a little bit of an ego as well. I hate oh, so Whiteside, bro. I'm so glad David, we got rid of him. <laughs> I'm David a and fan. Whiteside are a lost cause. So. Yeah, well, I mean, Hassan, we started off as you know best buds right after LeBron left. It's like, oh, this young coming up and coming Hassan Whiteside like yeah it's great to root for him blocking it into the stands you know Dwight Howard circa 09 just blocking it all over the place Hassan block side and then I don't know he right he got this he got this ego he kind of plateaued as a basketball player in my opinion he just kind of became this big guy who wasn't very versatile didn't score much was great at defense but you know wasn't wasn't a great player in my opinion and, and wanted too much I mean I think he he thought he deserved a little too much for my sake and I am very glad that the Heat have gone into this new kind of a little bit more of a small ball thing. With I love when Bam's Bam Adebayo is. I mean, I'm buying all my Bam Adebayo stock. He is the man. But um, when he plays this, he when he plays at the five, I love it because I think we have that nice new small ball, the new kind of NBA style. And yeah, Hassan Whiteside can go kick rocks for all I care. But <laughs> he he will be a good backup for the Blazers. I will admit. All right, so anyways, I want to bring this thing back full circle to the Blazers and what I said at the beginning when I was talking about the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. Um, their incentive to, to win and make it to the playoffs. Their players are basically either entering their prime right now, if you're looking at CJ McCollum or Yusuf Nurkic, or they are in their prime. And that's barely in their prime, like Damian Lillard, for example. Um, they have the formula that the former Warriors had before everybody got injured, 
Damian Lillard is like Steph Curry light in my eyes. CJ McCollum can shoot the ball not as well as Klay Thompson, but he's also better um, in isolation. They have uh, a, a good coach. They have a good system. Yeah. And they have no reason to lose because right. what is adding a young player going to do to that team? Especially right. yeah. the lottery odds will be against them to get one of the, the higher prospects in this most likely not a great draft class. Right. Yeah. There's certainly a team that is a win now team, win now mindset. I mean, they have, they have Trevor Rees and Carmelo Anthony on their team. Like they, they want to win now. They have these, these, I mean, Ariza and Melo have both in the league 15 years plus. So then, like you just said, you know, Dame's not getting any younger. Same with Whiteside. Same with even McCollum to a certain degree. So yeah, for sure. I, I agree with what you're saying with the motivation and um, like the, the will and the want to actually even make the playoffs. The Trailblazers, I, I would argue definitely the most out of any of these teams for sure. And when I think of the Blazers versus the Lakers matchup, or maybe if it's not the Lakers at the one seed, I'm assuming it's it probably will at the be. one seed. Yeah, they're five and a half I, games I, up. So, I think they match up pretty decently well with the Lakers, and I also it'd would be, like to see. It'd be a fight. Yeah, I would like to see the interactions between Damian Lillard and LeBron James because there's a little uh, Lillard to the Lakers rumors and Bron like in Lillard here and there. Right. You know, you, I mean, you always hear about that kind of stuff. Right. Um, so I would like to see that, but I think that the Blazers have the best chance of beating the Lakers out of the teams that can make the playoffs. I think they have the best chance to get out of the first round. I think with Nurkic back, like I said, they were a conference champion. They were a conference championship team last season. I think they not only have the best chance to beat the Lakers, but depending on if they have to play the Clippers in the playoffs or when they play the Clippers in the playoffs, they can be a conference championship team. And if they don't have to play the Clippers, I think the Clippers are the only team that the Clippers are the only team that could beat the Blazers. If they don't have to play the Clippers, I think they can make it to the NBA Finals and shock the world. Yeah, I mean, um, so I agree. I, I mean, it, it's kind of no fun that we agree on this one. But honestly, when I sat back and I was looking at this because we we kind of discussed what we were going to talk about on the podcast, and I was trying to get my kind of thoughts together, I sat back and looked, and I'm just like the Blazers just make the most logical sense to be the team that would, you know, get into that eight seed that aren't there already. Um, even any of these teams that aren't locked into the playoffs, like over the Grizzlies. I mean, there's, there's still three and a half games behind the Grizzlies. Like it's still, who, who knows how that's going to work out. But right. Like you said, the Nurkic coming back, um, the Nurkic, him coming back is <laughs> such a huge factor. I mean, he was, he was a great player for them before he got injured. And even you, you didn't mention, um, who was it? Oh, um, Zach Collins also. Zach Collins, yeah, that kid's been a, playing. That kid's great. Um, that kid is great, man. Yeah, I and love that kid. And Nurkic, I mean, he was gonna be out. He he was set to come back in the middle of March. Like he was right. He was nearing, you know, a return right before the league got shut down for COVID nineteen. And now he's gotten what? It's gonna be what four months of even more recovery, more health. Um, they're gonna have that time to get their, you know, their crap back together with training camp and everything. It's, you know, God forbid any of them get a, have a COVID case or anything like that. But hey, I love, I love the Trailblazers looking at this format. I think I, I even heard today that Mello is considering, you know, he's one of the players that's on the fence about returning. And I'm like, Carmelo, like, what are you doing, man? This is, this is a great opportunity. I mean, if you really, I mean, you do have to play the Lakers in the first round if you do make it, which is not fun. 
Um, that would for, also be great. The mellow brawn matchup. Yeah, no, I mean, even from a viewer, I mean, honestly though, my, my heart wants to say, my heart wants to say the Pelicans just because I, <laughs> I like, I think they, I think that's just a fun team. You know, the Pelicans, Lakers, it's kind of like a little mini rivalry because they traded, like they had that huge Anthony Davis swap and everything. So they're all, they're very, you know, related to each other in a way. They're always going to be like linked to one another right now in this kind of little era we're in. But the Blazers make the most sense, like you said. They, that's really it. They make the most sense. Um, I think they have the best players, like veteran players. I mean, Dame's amazing. They had, and I think this whole break for them could be a big, I mean, a big turnaround because they weren't having a great season. Like, so, like unlike some other teams that were having a lot of momentum, like say the Bucks or even like the Lakers or something like that, that were making runs, making pushes. Even the Celtics, to some degree, or the Raptors, where they were they were good teams and they were you know looking forward to going into the playoffs. The, the, the Blazers were looking like they were nearly dead, right? Like they, yeah. I mean, 29 and 37, that's, a, that's an abysmal record. They're not going to make the Western, you know, playoffs like that. Like they, may, they still may have had because the, the bottom of the, like this, the eight seed in the Grizzlies is only 32 and 33, but like they weren't looking great. But this, this time off really could end up helping them in the long run. I mean, they had, I would argue they have the best team remaining. I mean, the Pelicans may be talent wise just because, but they're all so young and have no experience and, but you know the NBA would, I'm sure, love to see Zion in the playoffs. Like that's the, whole, I mean, that's the whole point of the Pelicans to a certain degree is just seeing Zion play in more and more games, more big games. I mean, him and him be LeBron in the in a playoff series, I think would be so oh, exciting. You know, amazing. Um, so that's something like my heart, like I kind of visually, like just like um, selfishly, who I would want to watch more, like the series might be Lakers Pelicans. To be honest, just because. You know, the Blazers, they're probably going to lose. We know what the Blazers are. Like, we've seen the Blazers over and over again. We kind of, like, know what that team is. We know they're good, right? Like, we know they're good, but we know who they are. I think it would be cool to see the Pelicans in that kind of situation against the Lakers, even though it's in this week. They're not having to go to L.A. and there's no home court advantage. It would still be neat to see them with those kinds of stakes, especially like Zion Williamson, who's a rookie and, you know, is is being, like, perceived as this kind of, generational type talent so i think if i was being selfish and i could just go up based based off my heart not my head i would want the pelicans to maybe make it but i believe i i honestly think that the blazers even with being three games back they will either end up as the eighth seed or be the ninth seed and beat who and be probably the grizzlies at that point in the eighth seed in that little play-in tournament beat them twice um the nurkic coming like nurkic coming back that that point to it is so um i'm mentioning this a lot and they're all healthy right like i mean they should be all healthy now they they've been injured i know cj mccollum had a big injury this season so i i think it's the obvious choice and um i mean this is i'm just talking right now it's just funny being back doing this podcast and everything and just thinking about sports again it's like oh my gosh i'm so ready for this stuff to get rolling because like we we say all this but then who knows the first game back the blazers could look terrible and like the Kings could look unbelievable. You don't really know. It's been it's yeah. been like a whole off season now. It's it's been such a weird. No other season probably ever will ever look like look like this again. So it'll be very interesting to see what what teams, um, how they looked when the season ended on March 11th and how they look now. Like what the difference is, right? Um, it'll be very interesting. Like, I mean, Jokic, like we said, skinny Jokic, like he. He seems to have lost a bunch of weight. Skinny Harden. He seems to have lost Skinny a bunch Harden. of weight. Like <laughs> th- these players could look like different people out there. They could even be trying out new moves and stuff. Like who who knows? It's, and they have to 
get their chemistry back together. I mean, this, this is months of this. I mean, four months being off. They could take up a notch. There's a lot of different stories, and we're going to go into it when we go into um, the playoff implications. Yeah, so uh, let's go the podcast. there. Let's, wait, let's wait. I want to talk about. I want to talk about the East real quick. Just about. The oh, Wizards. sure. Yeah, I, I honestly, because I was just gonna pick one team. I didn't even think about the East. I don't think the Wizards are gonna make it. But yeah, you can you can talk what? about the East if you want. Okay, so um, they're, okay. they're sick. I mean, what five and a half games back? The Magic aren't a bad team. Um, the Nets are kind of bad, but I think the Wizards aren't. The Wizards don't have John Wall coming back. If the Wizards all of a sudden were saying they had John Wall coming back, oh, cool. Or I, if, the, if the Nets were like Kyrie Irving and KD are showing up, that would have been incredible first off i really was rooting for that it's not happening i don't really blame them but i kind of do um <laughs> like come on like it would be just just selfishly be i mean all the you're the raptors thing at the two seed la di da da yay i get to play the nets with no Kyrie and no kd you know four months like three months ago or whatever and then all of a sudden you, the season breaks you come back and you're suddenly playing Kyrie and kd in the first round like i that'd be so upsetting as a rap if you were a raptors fan but it'd be amazing to watch because i think the the Nets at that point, to me personally, I think they would have had a shot at the whole thing, but it's not happening. They, they're playing. The Nets don't have either of them. They're going to be a, a crappy team. Um, they'll probably still make the playoffs just because they're six or what? Yeah, they're like six games ahead of the Wizards. So right. yippee, like, woohoo. They got to play Kaya. the Raptors in the first round. That sounds like a terrible, terrible series. Raptors, Nets. Ugh. I'd rather watch. Well, actually, I'd, at this point, at, at this rate, I probably, would, I probably would watch that. All right, so I want to talk about what I would want to see happen. And sure. that's obviously Kyrie and KD playing. I, I kind of ruled out Kyrie in my head. So I thought after being away from the game, I think KD has been away from the game after an Achilles tear the longest out of any other NBA player in history. So I thought, you know, he's been out the longest. Technology has only improved. We've had other players to look at. I thought he had a real chance to come back and there were even rumors that he was going to come back for the playoffs back when the playoffs were still going to be in April, in May, in June. Now the playoffs are going to be much, much later. Even say the Nets make a push to the conference finals. He, he's just completely ruling it out. I, I, I understand it. I understand that he doesn't want to play. Come on, man. Like, at least play on a minutes restriction or something. Right, like, we all right. want to see you play. Like, in, in my opinion, yeah. you are the most skilled basketball player that's alive right now and i want to see you on the court and and yeah i mean and it's gonna i mean we're gonna get to it in a moment but i think the east is very wide open i mean i know the bucks are this this number one dominant seed but i i don't i don't know i i still don't really buy into the bucks so much as maybe some other people do as like oh they're definitely gonna just run through the east i I don't think that you know I, i don't so i think if they had come back if that was their decision to be like hey you know we're healthy enough like we, we can do this. Um, I think they would have had a right. shot for sure, but um, that's not happening, unfortunately. But, I mean, at least we are getting them, like, basketball back. So it's, it's hard to kind of complain, and especially when we don't really know how it's going to look when it does start. Like, we just – I mean, we have to hope that there's not a ton of, you know, COVID cases because we don't right. know. I mean, right. you can be asymptomatic and just p- test positive, and then all of a sudden you're not, you're not playing. So – which is – it, it, it's a shame, you know. Like, if someone feels fine, but, like – they have COVID, they just won't be able to play, which is kind of crazy if you think about it, because under any normal circumstances, if you felt fine, you wouldn't be tested for some, you know, random virus and you'd, you'd keep playing. But it, so it's very tricky. It'll be very telling on what? June 22nd, I said earlier, how many people, you know, test positive. 
um, just to, just to kind of get that baseline, see how, see what we're working with. I mean, especially with all of the protests happening right now, and we're seeing a lot of NBA players at them, you know, showing their support. It, it's awesome, but it's also, um, you know, probably not going, you know, probably not helping this whole coronavirus situation. Who knows though? Like we, we don't really know. We, we will find out though, but uh, I hope, That's I hope crazy. everyone, yeah. Like I, I hope everyone, you know, stay safe and I really want it to be, not this kind of weird oh there's like some good like if some legit players have corona like it would really really suck because then we would just get like this weird crappy basketball and i just want everyone to be healthy 100 percent. like i don't want there to be any dumb excuses like if the lakers win or whatever and yet skip bayless going on about how lebron and asterisks and all that i do not want an asterisk playoff i want everyone to be healthy and everyone should be healthy at least like physically i mean the coronavirus thing is a whole nother discussion but i mean just like your 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 physical like how your knees your feet your back how everything feels should be great because you've had so much time off so we could be i mean it could be awesome if everyone is healthy and everyone can kind of go full force and it could be awesome but uh yeah i do still believe that the east is pretty wide open if you want to swing it into our next topic hold on i want to just touch on the wizards real quick before we do it'll be real sure. quick um i saw a report that teams are uh, preparing as if John Wall is going to play. He's not uh, playing. He said he's I know, not playing. I know he said he's not playing. I know he said he's not playing. But they are preparing as if he will. Right. And that is enough hope for me that John <laughs> Wall, you know, just like KD, he has been out because of an Achilles injury. And he's been out for a he's while. He's been out people for a been, long time. Exactly. He's been out longer people, than Kevin Durant. Exactly. And people have been – yeah, that's right. I, I did kind of misspeak when I said KD has been out for the longest. John yeah. Wall has been out for the longest. And – He's getting a lot of flack on social media for being the worst contract in the NBA right now. Yeah. I think he, in terms of incentive, he has a lot of incentive to come back. And if he comes back and resembles, let's say, 90% of what he used to be, like I, I yeah. think he used to be a top five point guard in the league before the Achilles injury, or at least arguably like in the top six or seven. Yeah. I thought he was in that range. If he comes back, he resembles that, and he's got Bradley Beal, they could easily overtake the Magic, in my opinion. I don't think the Magic are – talented enough to be a playoff team they are decent but if the wizards have john wall they should be the eight seed they should be losing to the bucks in the first round yeah that's all um, i want to say yeah no worries um it, i mean we will find out they they still are i mean you would think they would be better than the nets at this point but let's talk about that so let's talk about the playoffs now and uh who we think we kind of we kind of said that we think the blazers are going to get in but let's talk about playoffs teams that you know they're going to have four months off Teams that may not have been having a great season that we think that aren't like a top two seed, basically. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of – I know who my pick is, but who's, who's your team that you think who's in the playoffs right now, who you think that could make a, you know, a deep playoff push, maybe to the conference, you know, finals or the finals itself that aren't like the Bucks, the Lakers, or, or the, the Clippers of the world? Like who, who's your pick? Who, what team do you think could do that? Who could be the Cinderella story in Orlando? Who's got okay, the magic so hat on? So if we're, t if we're looking at the Western Conference here, the West, are, the West is a little more exciting to talk about. Um, but if we're looking at the Western Conference, um, it can just the be Lakers one team. Are, you don't have to do um, one per conference. I only really have one. I, I have a couple. I, I, I think the East has a couple sleepers in there. Um, okay. But And I think the West is a little easier. And obviously the, the Lakers, we know, we, yeah, we know the Lakers <laughs> and the Clippers are favorites to make it, but – I think the Rockets are the clear, uh, like kind of sleeper to make it. They're currently a six seed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're tied yeah. to be. They're tied to be the fifth seed. They're they're 
a game behind the four seed, but they're currently a six seed. By by definition of Cinderella story, I think they have the best chance. Problem is, you know, they're small. If they're going up, they 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 you never know what's going to happen depending on who they go against. Because who right knows, now, though? Man, right now they go against the Nuggets. Yeah, right. What, what's going to happen with Jokic? Is skinny he going to dominate the Jokic head to head? That that's going to be the ESPN, you know, uh, zinger. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) and and you just don't know what's going to happen because the way the Rockets play, they could either completely take out a big man out from the game, like we saw with Rudy Gobert in the past, or the big man could completely dominate them. Um, Right. We 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 don't know. Jokic isn't. uh, Jokic is much more talented than Gobert, and he plays different than Gobert. And we don't even know what skinny Jokic is going to look like. But we don't know what's going to happen there. No. Um, so I think on weight from now until the, the time the season starts, we don't really know. Like, and these NBA players are such like, we forget how incredible athletes these guys are, right? Like they, they <laughs> could put on weight. I know at least Harden could, um, I don't know about, I mean, Jokic, <laughs> who knows what, what he's trying to do right now, but it, it is hilarious that in the middle of the season, really, I mean, nearing the end, but it's like, all of a sudden we're going to come back and we're going to get different looking players when <laughs> it's going to be like. Like, it's going to be hilarious looking at, like, a 2019-2020, like, highlight reel one day when all of a sudden you see, like, a player from, um, say, December, and then all of a sudden in, like, in, in August, and they look completely – like, like if, if um, LeBron James keeps his beard, he'll look like a whole different human, and it'll be like, wait, what? Like, what happened that season? Like, that, that must have been like a, long, <laughs> a long year looking back yeah. when we're showing our kids in the archives. But, yeah, uh, yeah no, I, I mean – so you're saying you have the Rockets in the West as that team. I have, I have the Rockets in the West the midseason when they, were, they started winning a bunch of games with that small lineup. I was like, you know what? Yeah. I could see this team making the conference championship. And I think, you know what? I think that small lineup, it's, there's, there's going to be a weird feeling to these games, I think, at least initially, where they are in this kind of empty, smaller arena. It's going to feel a bit like a pickup game, and I feel like that small ball kind of, kind of could work. Um, I also think the, the big bully ball could as well. Um, especially when you get to the playoffs, but it is going to have a weird feeling. I mean, I, I feel like Harden, every time I see one of his like highlights from over like an off season, if I'm just playing pickup, he's like unbelievable and just makes everything. So maybe we'll get that kind of that pickup Harden, right? So maybe Russell Westbrook hops on a time machine and we get a 30% three point shooter. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. I mean, even, even I like both those guys, if we're getting more of like a, we'll see how it really works but if we're getting more of a kind of a pickup feel to these games there's still gonna be referees and everything obviously but if we're getting a little more of that feel to it like a little more looseness you're not you maybe not looking over your shoulder and thinking that oh this is a stupid shot because like there's someone there's all these people there's thousands of people in the stands watching me take this like dumb shot and you're you know i mean there's a lot of people on tv watching of course but you might think like oh maybe i'll take a few more silly shots and all this and for the small ball rockets who are just all in on just launching threes and and just not even really worrying about you know rebounds and being down low and stuff even though they still are were pretty efficient at it when they did start it i think it could be working in their favor for sure um so talking about the western conference i think the rockets are a pretty good choice um as if, that kind of david you're gonna hate me for this one you're gonna hate me for this one. Oh, oh but michael porter jr has been resting and he is ready to make a splash in the playoffs. I am telling you, do not sleep on Michael Porter Jr. I, I'm sound He's asleep coming. on MPJ. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am sound asleep. I, I do not love that. I do not love this for young players. That is a point I'm going to have with this. I don't think young players are going to really – the you need leadership in these times where it is this – you know, this crazy situation. And I mean, 
you know, the Nuggets do have some leadership, but I still, I, I don't Paul trust Millsap. it. Um, I think, <laughs> oh, Paul Millsap, great. <laughs> I mean, that that's that's good, but I don't know. I don't, maybe I could be surprised, but I don't, personally heading into this, my mindset is more like I could see younger players struggling more because it is like a fish out of water type thing. And, you know, and more experienced players are just better at kind of adjusting and acclimating to new things and just being more oh, yeah, consistent. Sure. I mean, especially because MPJ, like, he's hardly even played. So for him, it's got to be really weird having like so much time off. And I don't know. I, I mean, maybe you'll be right, but I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. I want to see MPJ versus Doncic in the conference and in the, in the playoffs. That could happen. Uh, it could happen. It, yeah. Yeah. It could be close. I, I'm, I mean, Hey, I am Mr. Luka Doncic number one fan. So I cannot wait to see him in the playoffs. We haven't even talked about the Mavs. I mean, I'm not sure they're going to be that team to make a late push just because like, I mean, as a Doncic fan, I don't love it for Doncic. I'm taking this time off. Um, I even know, like, who knows what kind of shape he's in. Like, the rest of the team, Christoph Porzingis. Like, there's a lot of international – I mean, I don't know where um, – I don't know if Doncic went back overseas, you know, during this time off. I'm not sure. So, a lot of things up for discussion still. A lot of things we don't know. But I, I, even as a big Doncic fan, I don't love the Mavericks, say – going against any of these teams really like as a seventh seed but who knows I, I do definitely like the Rockets more or even I would say even like the Thunder maybe a bit more as like a, as a sleeper team because they have more I think veteran. really the Thunder yeah I mean I think Chris Paul could be great like we we saw I think Chris Paul still like they have a veteran team they have good players right they have a pretty good veteran team and um, I think Chris Paul could be a great leader in this time I think that he was he showed in the All-Star game which was like our last great you know look at basketball which was fantastic that he was still one of the best players like he was out there in the final you know um 5 minutes and and all that so I do think the Thunder could I don't love it I still would pick the Rockets cuz I think they have more they you know they have more splash to them they 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 have their little sexier more team. star power yeah more star power i think they've been there a little bit more before as a team i mean westbrook's new but harden has gotten far um and i think also westbrook's like gone to the nba finals bro come on come on no no, no. i'm saying no, no 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 i'm saying as the rockets like the rockets oh, as a collective okay. group yeah yeah i see what you're saying like that helps my argument like i think the rockets would do fine so yeah i mean we kind of agree on that but i i would like to say i think the thunder would will put up a fight for sure i think if it's four or five right now jazz thunder i like the thunder um, oh i like them honest. too we don't we don't know what's going on between donald but and i don't Mitchell love them after that. yeah exactly i mean they're the ones i mean you know gobert is the first he was the first coronavirus that happened in the nba and then was shut down the entire league so and and now and obviously mitchell got it as well so you know the jazz seem like they're and um who was it on the jazz that's not coming back um Oh shit! Uh, is it Ricky Rubio? I can't. No, no, no. Is it Bogdanovich is not playing? I don't think Bogdanovich is playing. Um, Dang it! They're breaking up the Bojangles. Yeah, nope. Um, and, and even like, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, e- even uh, Joe Ingles was like, oh, uh, I mean that. I, apparently, that quote came out a little late that he wanted to go back to, um, you know, his home country. I think it's Australia. But um, yeah, Bohan Bogdanovich for the Jazz is not coming back for the playoffs or or you know Disney at all. So. I don't, I don't that, love the Jazz. That's a big one. That's especially, a big loss. Yeah, and I don't love it, especially with like the possible kind of uh, weird chemistry issues they might have with Mitchell and um, Gobert. So do you want to move over to the Eastern Conference and what teams we think could be, you know, the, the upset alerts of the East, which I, I think the East is actually a little more fascinating to me than the West, to be honest. Let's do it. I agree. So I'll, I'll start this time. I, I think 
And I believe strongly in this one. So like I was saying earlier, I don't love, I mean, the Bucs are very good. I'm not going to deny it. They're they're a very good team. You know, I think they could definitely make it to the finals. Like they should make it to the finals. I think they definitely should, but I don't buy it as much as I buy the Lakers Clippers duo at the top of the West, to be honest. Like, I don't think, I think the Lakers, the Clippers are going to get out of the West. In my opinion, I think both those teams are like a tier above everywhere else. I don't necessarily see that talent-wise with the Bucs, you know? I mean, Giannis, he's fantastic. I'm not a big Giannis fan, but there's no real rhyme or reason to that just because I was never really – I wasn't early on the train. I'm not going to hop on now. He's not like my, – my style of play that I enjoy watching, he doesn't have. He's a bulldozer. He, he's light shack. You know, he, he's long. He's, he's bigger than everyone. That's kind of his whole thing where he, he's not very graceful. I don't, I don't think he's a very graceful player in my opinion. But, I mean, hey, other people might. That's fine, but I don't necessarily think the Bucks are like this complete lock. With saying that, my team, I'm, I'm sure, I'm curious what you think about this. I'm, I'm a Heat fan. I'd love to pick them. I'd say my heart would go <laughs> out for the Heat. I, I love the Heat, you know, and I think I saw a tweet the other day that was saying like, oh, guarantee the Heat are, players are going to come back in the best shape out of any team. And I wouldn't deny that because I think that's just kind of our, our culture and kind of like right. what, what we're all about and staying in shape and being active and doing all this. And, you know, maybe that'll come back to bite us, but – I don't think the Heat are quite there yet, especially in a playoff situation where we're a new team together, very new team together. We've had some success, but I don't love it in the playoff situation. A team that has been in the playoffs before, has not come out on top, could, could, is, will be highly, highly motivated after having a mediocre season so far, is the Philadelphia 76ers. I love it. I love everything about it. And I'll tell you why. I'm a big Ben Simmons guy. He's had some bad playoff performances. We all know that, right? Um, I think the East is incredibly open. I think all those series will be very competitive. Right now, they're playing the Celtics. I like Jason Tatum a lot. I think the Celtics could be good. I mean, they could be the team here that could make that rush, that, that push to, like, the finals, let's say. But I think the 76ers just have a better team overall. Like, I like I, – I think they there's, you know, in the, in the playoffs, a lot of the times we see it slow down a bit. It become a bit more of like a, a big man's game, lower scoring games. That 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 helps the 76ers. There's not a lot of run and gun. Let more more time management, more take it down low with Embiid or even Ben Simmons. And I mean, it, it's kind of funny to say, but I even think Ben Simmons to a certain degree could play a lot better in this kind of open gym arena type. Cause I think a lot of his, I mean, I'm I'm purely speculating, but I think a lot of his like free throw struggles, not shooting as much is kind of mental. And, and it's kind of all these fans around him. And he, 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 this is mental block with him. He, does, he doesn't want to shoot. Um, I think he could be more efficient. I'm not sure if he shoots with the right, even, even the right hand, because he finishes a lot with his right hand, even though he shoots his jumpers with his left and it looks awkward and everything like that. I think Ben Simmons um, could unlock something. I know, I've, I mean, I've been seeing pictures and everything. I know he's the type that would be staying in shape. I don't know so much about Embiid, right? But I do think Ben Simmons has been staying in shape. And I'm still, I'm still believing in the Simmons-Embiid experiment, right? And I think that they could work together. I think they could come back in this Orlando um, playoff system. They could, they could find that magic quickly. I think this team is a team that doesn't really have to work on their chemistry, maybe as some others do as much. I think they're, they're already kind of their chemistry is what it is, right? They can just kind of go out there and be – be very talented. I think talent in these playoffs could really trump a lot because there is no home court advantage. Um, there is no traveling. So it's going to be like, who are the most talented guys? 
And I think that Ben Simmons, Embiid, um, Tobias Harris has a lot to prove with that new contract. Josh Richardson, and the list goes on. I think that the Sixers could, I mean, like I'm saying, they are, they are the sleeper team. They are like a, a sexier pick, if you will, like a team that isn't really, especially based off this season, they weren't looking great. But I do still have faith in them. And a lot of it goes back to my love for Ben Simmons. I think he's a great player. I think he's a great playmaker. Um, I think he could be even more proficient as a scorer if he really put his mind to it, especially in the playoffs if you really, like, I don't know, really wanted it. And I think that could happen here. Um, I think he's been kind of – Ben Simmons, if anything, he, he is a guy that loves to play, it seems like. He's always tuned the bit. He hasn't missed much time. He's not – since the NBA – since his NBA career started, you know, he was injured with his foot injury or – I believe it was his foot. Um, he he yeah. is a consistently – he plays a lot. Like, he plays most games. He loves to play. He wants to prove himself. And, I mean, I, I'm not just going to jump off the train now that things are looking bad. I, I like maybe this break for the Sixers could be a, a sign where they could turn the ship around because their season was not going great. But this, this gap, this weird, you know, COVID – 19 break that we've had and now going into these this isolated area with no fans and stuff i think could could treat the 76ers well i think they could be a team that could be in the eastern conference you know finals i think they're talented enough i don't think it's a uh an argument of talent to be honest i think they are talented enough you know they've been together for a good amount of time at least Embiid and simmons the best players and i like it and and it's big ball bully ball they can play all those kinds of styles not so much like the the running gun, but if you're looking at the East, there's not too many running gun teams, to be honest. It's a little more slow, especially like the Bucks. I think they could put up a fight. Um, so yeah, well, that, that's my pick. Uh, I, I'm curious to, see, to hear your thoughts on all that. But uh, who who would your pick be in the East, and what are your thoughts on the on the Sixers? Well, David, uh, <laughs> I want to get my thoughts on the Sixers first. I'll leave my pick for the end. But I couldn't agree with you more on the Sixers. I, I I've been a proponent that. Brett Brown and Simmons and Embiid, they get too much flack because I believe that they would have won. They were a crazy, insane, once-in-a-generation, once-in-a-lifetime shot from Kawhi Leonard from winning the NBA Finals last year, in my opinion. Right. And that's because I think the Sixers were constructed, especially last year when they had Jimmy Butler, were constructed to beat the Bucs or the Celtics, whoever they ended up playing in the conference championship. And then while they wouldn't have beaten the healthy Warriors, any team, almost any team would have beaten the Warriors that the Raptors ended up playing. <laughs> right, right. Especially I, once yeah. KD went down, yeah. Right. And they lost that series on, on that insane shot. And now people started talking about maybe Simmons and Embiid don't work together. Maybe Brett Brown isn't the right coach for them. Right. You, you got to understand, both of these players are very, very young. They're, they, they, this, this is as close as they've gotten to making the conference championship. And mm-hmm. they should have made it, even though they had their struggles. And Embiid was also injured in that series. You know, I don't remember if he was sick or something like that, but he didn't play a couple games. And, and people just use it against him. Um, the only thing that concerns me about that pick, David, is that their home record is 29-2. and two, And mm-hmm. their away record is 10-24. and 24. Right. So I don't know how playing in Orlando will affect them, because clearly mm-hmm. they're a lot better playing in Philadelphia than they are playing on the road. Right, that's a really um, good point. That's really maybe, good point. maybe I, I really don't know if if, well, if it'll feel more at home to them with. Yeah, I, I really don't know. I don't and know we don't we about, yeah, but. and on that we don't know what the NBA is going to do if they're going to make you know when it's supposed to be that team's home home court game if they're going to do something to make it more feel like that like pump in 
like noise or something like that. We, we really don't know. Um, but I mean, they are playing with no fans in the arena. So they're, I mean, it's going to be fairly a neutral court, right? So, but maybe right. that will help them because there won't be like those nagging away fans. Maybe that's what was really the, we'll really see if like that was really what was bothering them or if it was their, their home fans are really helping them or more if it was the away, you know, fans really kind of hurting them. So right. that'll be a I mean, they, they had, they had the best home record in the league. So yeah. Right. Obviously they, they definitely play. helped a bit. <laughs> and yeah. And you could, you can even make the argument that this time off has allowed more time for Embiid to kind of get himself together, you know, maybe, maybe so that he's not, going into the playoffs with some nagging soreness or some nagging injuries here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I like that pick a lot, David. I really do. I think this in and, and the Sixers would be the team I would put my money on to make the NBA finals. Well, I think they have the most talent on the East. For, uh, double down agrees. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I that wasn't that wasn't a team I was gonna pick though. All right. What's um, your team then? Let's hear it. If if I had to put money on it, I would put it on the Sixers. But the team that I really like coming out of the East is the Boston Celtics. Mm, and I yeah. think I think that's because uh, Jason Tatum will take a step forward into NBA superstardom in the playoffs. He's yeah. a competitor. He's a very good scorer. He's on a good team with a good coach. And if they don't play the 76ers, I think they have a good matchup. And we didn't even talk about the Sixers with Al Horford. The Celtics don't even have Al Horford to stop a beat anymore. Um, so I think as long as they don't right. play the 76ers – they could have the most talent to go into the NBA finals. You know, they have Kemba Walker. I know you don't like Jalen Brown, but Jalen Brown is, <laughs> is a very good player. He's very smart. He plays his role. He's fine. Um, yeah. I think he's, they have he's the best no Tatum, chance. but he's fine. I think they have the best chance. But you know what? I'll take it one step further because the Boston Celtics aren't exciting to me. I, lo- I love Jason Tatum. But I hate the Boston Celtics, and never in my life will I ever pick the Boston Celtics to do anything. So I'm going to pick the Indiana Pacers. And that is because Victor Oladipo is going to be back and healthy and ready to play. Oh, yeah. I don't – but, I mean, I like the – I don't know. I'm I'm not loving the Pacers. I mean, I like Oladipo and everything. It just doesn't seem like they have it – everything's there and – I'm not I think really, it, I think it really depends on their matchup. It depends on Oladipo too. If he, if he's yeah. going to be like really I mean he had a really bad injury so it's curious to see how how good he'll be, you know, upon his return. His kind of second return, right? Um right. In, in Orlando. So, I mean, it's definitely like a, that'd be a sleeper pick. I don't love it. Let, let me look and see what kind of the odds are. Like the, I feel like the Pacers odds aren't too I'm too sure they're not pretty. It plus 7,500 compared to like the Celtics is plus 1,200. Um, even, even like the 76ers are even just plus 2,000 and the Pacers are plus 7,500. So that's definitely, definitely would be a sleeper for sure. Um, I'll tell you what, they're not going to make the NBA finals if they end up playing the Bucks or the 76ers. But I think, um, you know, they've had a 39 and 26 record, mostly without Oladipo the whole season. And last season with Oladipo, we saw they were a very competitive team. Now they added some more veterans. They added a little more talent. They had Victor Oladipo coming back to that 39-26 and 26 team. Yeah. I think if they end up playing the Raptors or, I'm sorry, man, but the Heat or the Brooklyn Nets or the Orlando I, I, I Magic, the Heat they can got make them. it to the conference championship. You think the yeah. Heat got them? I do. I think, I think the Heat are, have a better team, you know, front, like top to bottom. Um, in my opinion, I think they, they even could like, I think they have better chemistry. I think that's another thing with Oladipo having been out so much. I think that 
that team never really has had the opportunity yet. And this, I mean, they are getting a chance for a training camp and all that, but they're only going to have eight regular season games to kind of meld with each other. Um, I think the Heat are pretty melded. I think so they you have don't a, think that uh, Jimmy Butler has been on a decline since he started this season compared no. to his previous years. No, he's been great. What do you mean? I don't think so. No. I mean, if you, if you look at his numbers, you know. Ah, his numbers. Numbers, schmumbers. Um, I, <laughs> I, I, think, I think Jimmy's been a great addition, honestly. He fits great with our culture, like with the Heat culture. He, he fits right in. I think he's been a great leader to some of these players. I think Bam, honestly, could be our most talented player or even a guy like Tyler Hero. And then Tyler Hero, he's a rookie, but that one I'm talking about. But Kendrick Nunn, an, a no-name rookie, he, he's going to have, you know, top, top voting for rookie of the, of the year at the season. He won't, he won't win, but he's a guy that's really showed up. Duncan Robinson. I think the – I love the Heat. Like I said, my heart would have re, re, is going to root for the Heat in the East. I think they do have a shot for sure. I like the Sixers more because I think they're a little, a little more talented right now, a little more veteran um, to a certain degree, especially like you mentioned Al Horford. I forgot to mention him. Um, but I do, I do think the Heat will definitely beat the Pacers. Um, I have, I have no doubt about that in my mind. They're, they're like I said even earlier. I think they probably have, you know, remained in shape. Probably even maybe around each other. I know where they're chewing at the beat, the bit to get back into playing because I think the season has been such a fun year for them. There was a bit of a dip, um, kind of closer to when the suspension happened. You know, like we started off really hot and then things kind of got a little cooled down a bit, but. I do like the Dave, Heat more than why. the Pacers. I like them more than even, I mean, a lot of the teams in the East for sure. All right, so I'll tell you why the Heat are not going to beat the Indiana Pacers if the standing stay as is. Okay. That is because the Victor Heat. Oladipo. I, I oh. hate, no, 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 no. I hate, <laughs> I hate to take the Cowherd approach here, but they have too many unproven players that were initially not even considered to be good enough to be on an NBA roster. All the Pacers players are proven. They're more proven than Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn. Nah, I hate that argument. That's so, so stupid. I think the Pacers have more experience to beat the Heat in the playoffs. And mm. I'm, that's what it comes down to. And also, Bam Adebayo is a young player. Isn't he in his – I think he's in his rookie year. No, Bam's not in his rookie season. He's, he, what, he's third year game? now? Second third or third. Year. Yeah, um, I can look it up. But, oh, yeah, that's um, right. That's right. That's right. That's right. You're right. Um, yeah. But still, either way, I still think the Pacers have more experience than the Heat are, are too unproven. I mean, I, I kind of get see what you're saying. Um, by the way, this is Bam's second season. Oh, no, it's his third season. My bad, third season. So, yeah, I mean, I think – I don't know. I, I like the experience of Jimmy Butler. Um, I think he's an experienced player. I mean, the Pacers, they don't really have much just top-level experience playoff-wise at all. Um, and I, I like the Heat – you know, they don't have to travel very long to get to Orlando. There's going to be some weird factors coming in here. But if, if it's full strength, all that, all good, I would definitely take the Heat over the Pacers. I'm obviously a Heat fan, but I think, I think they can compete with the likes of even the Bucks, definitely the Celtics, definitely the Sixers, um, even the Raptors. Like, I, I think the Heat could even – I mean, they weren't my pick, my, my number one pick of, like, being a, a late, you know, like a Cinderella story type thing. Even the Sixers, you know, it's arguable if that would even be a Cinderella story because they're just kind of – They've kind of just under, you know, played this Perform, year. They yeah. they kind of been a letdown. But I I do think the Heat could be very competitive. I, I I think if they can get back to what they were doing kind of earlier in the season and their shooting gets better and they play as a team, I still do believe the Heat could make a push and would definitely beat the Pacers. I don't I don't buy the Pacers thing at all. So after all this, who's your finals pick? 
My finals Thank pick, I'm, I'm going to set up for a later date, Juan. Okay. Right. <laughs> I'm going to set up for All a later right. date. But I'm glad we ended our segment here in a little debate. You know, <laughs> heat, heat better than Pacers for sure. Um, it's good. I'm glad, I'm glad you joined me today, Juan. It's good being back. Um, I'll have you on soon, I'm sure. Very soon. I'm glad too, David. I'm looking forward to listening to some double down debates. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you're excited to listen to your own voice. <laughs> All right, thanks, Juan. All right, see you. Thank you to everyone who joined us for this first Double Down Debates episode in a long time. Um, I hope you come back and uh, want more. I hope to keep this up on a regular basis and have more guests on and different topics. And please send me, uh, text me or DM me anything you want to have on the show. Or if you want to even join us, just let me know. Or a topic you want to see us debate, please let us know. If you want to help support the Black Lives Matter movement, there's a link in the description of this show. Thank you again to Juan for coming on the show. See ya.